Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. Now we care who's Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we're going to take a look at two movies where the main character is stranded on an island of sort. And we're going to go over our top five man vs. nature movies as a... Uh, consequence of those reviews and those two movies are the shallows and swiss army man they couldn't be more different but they do have <laughs> some similarities yeah. how's it going really yeah actually the same movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if uh the roles were reversed i don't know i don't know about that <laughs> But yeah, so The Shallows was a movie starring Blake Lively where she gets stranded in the ocean and uh, a shark attacks. Meanwhile, Swiss Army Man is a movie starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe where Paul Dano is stranded on an island about to kill himself until this corpse washes ashore and he realizes he can ride the corpse in the water via yes. his his uh, his gas <laughs> and uh, it goes on from there it's a very weird but interesting movie yeah for sure but uh, let's kick it off with the more traditional uh, narrative with the shallows you got uh, like I said Blake Lively stranded on an island her mother had died from some kind of cancer and she's on a journey to I guess rediscover herself and think about what she wants to do with her life I think she's currently a in the medical field or a nurse yeah and, or med school at yeah least, med school and she's going to she's a surfer and she is going to this place that her mom said was the best, most amazing surf in the world and she finally finds it and yeah so she goes out she's surfing and she ends up getting caught out in the ocean with a shark and most of the movie is her just trying to survive and make it back to shore before she dies yeah and also by island we mean a rock <laughs> about 100 yards from the shore yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's uh very islands come in all shapes and sizes and uh, I believe the definition of an island is a body of land surrounded by water. So, yeah, <laughs> that's also what... an island that only exists at low tide. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But it helped me. It, it, for the most part, I enjoyed the movie just to start that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Uh, it has a seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Just get that out of the way, and this sounds about right to me. I, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Quite a bit, actually. I I was surprised how much I liked it because, I don't know, it just seemed like Blake Lively, she's, to me, I don't, I've never not liked her, but she's never, like, shown me anything that made me think, oh, wow, a Blake Lively movie, I gotta see this, or, you know, yeah. she, she was in Gossip Girl, she was in The Town, I thought she was, like, one of the worst parts of The Town, but, I mean, she's a decent actress, and I think this is easily her best performance, at least that I've seen. Uh, she really yeah. she really carries the whole movie on her own, pretty much. 
And uh, well, that being said, I gotta say this is when I saw the credits roll up on this movie. It has to be the shortest cast I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's only two characters that pretty much have a name. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, I guess her dad and her sister via Skype, which or maybe it was FaceTime. Let's hope it was FaceTime because. Skype sucks. We know from experience. Yeah. Uh, and then she meets these two guys out when she first starts surfing. Their names are just surfers one and two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the driver says his name. Yeah, name. the driver, right? The guy that drives her to the to the beach, and then I guess there's one other guy later on. Uh, yeah. He's just a drunk, probably is labeled. Yeah, him. he's a drunk guy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so yeah, she really does a good job carrying this entire movie. And I, one of the things I liked about it so much was that it was a great pace. It was, you know, it, it didn't take too long to get into the action of it all. And it was only like an hour and a half, brisk, good pace. Like, uh, went by quick and I was enjoying it the whole way. I didn't even once like look at the time or anything like that. Uh, kept my attention the whole way and uh, yeah I mean I think it has some negatives to it but I think it's just probably one of the best open water or shark related movies since maybe Jaws <laughs> I mean I can't really think of anything yeah it's definitely kind of a neglected uh, subgenre. I guess yeah. you could say I guess there hasn't really been too many of those type of movies but did you see Open Water or Open Water 2? No. <laughs> the first Open Water I thought was kind of good. Like, uh, it's my wife hates it. Sam hates it. She thinks it was the most boring movie of all time, but I thought it was pretty good. Open Water 2, not as much. It's these kids, college kids, who go out on a boat in the middle of the ocean. They get They jump into the water, and they have no way to get back up onto the boat. So that's the entire movie. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this was pretty good. Uh, what what did you think when she first got to the beach? Like, were you skeptical of the guy dropping her off? I was definitely skeptical of the two guys in the water, which I'm you're supposed to be. It's filmed that way, but shot that way. Yeah, um, to be completely honest, I didn't know this was a shark movie. Yeah, I kind of thought it was just a horror movie. Yeah, I just... I knew it was going to be like thriller-ish, so I just, I don't know, when you think of, uh, I don't know, the horror stories I guess you hear from some of those beautiful tropical countries or girls getting like drugged. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect of it. Uh, I I did like the look of the movie, like right off the bat. Yeah. Very bright. It has a nice color palette to it. It really does. It's bright. It's yeah. It looks great. And uh, uh, I'll watch any movie of Blake Lively in it, <laughs> especially her being a surfer. It made it a whole lot more inviting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I gotta say, like, when I watched this movie, I was pretty much like laying down to go to bed, and it it got me. Like, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I had to like watch the whole thing. 
Yeah, see, I and that's funny because I watched it like first thing in the morning, seven a.m. And again, woke me right on up. I was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember when it was probably like the last twenty minutes or so of the movie. I like actually said out loud. I mean, I'm the only one in the room. Like, wow, this is a really good movie. <laughs> it really didn't. I don't know. It's not really my genre. Yeah. Oh yeah. We. <laughs> Any kind of horror whatsoever, you're out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought she did a great job acting as well. Like, Yeah, I was, a, I was a little worried at first, like the first five minutes or so when she's like, they're showing the images of her test, text messaging her friend who was sick or hungover from hanging out with some guy the night before. It was a little cheesy at first, but once she got to the beach, I thought, yeah, it the acting was great and not much dialogue, but what was there was pretty good. Yeah. I, I feel like it's usually pretty hard to convince me that someone's in pain. It's just something I accept though in movies. Yeah. I just mean like how many movies is someone like shot like twice and they're just ow, but they're still functioning pretty normally. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of examples. I'm sure. But I was like actually kind of like grimacing, in yeah. parts of this movie. Great practical effects. Well, obviously the shark wasn't practical. That was all CGI. But good practical effects on her leg and and that kind of stuff. And good physical acting on her part to really sell it. Yeah. And I like, there's like little bits and pieces. Like her having a medical background makes sense for why she survived. Yeah, yeah. Or survived as long as she did or whatever i don't know where i guess we're going spoilers <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean i mean i guess it is kind of convenient it's plot plot convenience but hey it's fine you know it wouldn't be a it'd be a short film if if she wasn't a medical student yeah um I thought the plot convenience on this part worked out because it also works out because she's talking about leaving the medical field because like her mom lost a battle with cancer. Yeah. Like her dad's trying to tell her that not that it doesn't matter that she lost, but it's that she kept fighting. Yeah. Like human spirit. And then she has to learn that same lesson. Yeah. But it, it works. I mean, it is what it is. It's not. Yeah, it's not as cheesy as it sounds. Yeah, it's not exactly the most subtle thing in the world, but it's not. You shouldn't go into this movie thinking it's going to be Jaws. <laughs> yeah, really, but it's definitely a good ride. But speaking of Jaws, what did you think of the CGI shark? I mean, huge mother effort. It the actual animal part of it, I really liked. Some of the effects later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. The shark just eating steel. No problem. (laughs) Yeah, I thought, like, it was kind of hit or miss. I thought it was fine overall, but, I mean, sometimes it looked amazing and completely real, and then sometimes you can tell. But I think overall it was pretty good job because they i'm sure they didn't have a great budget yeah i i the shark looks best when it's from like a point of view that you would see a shark like when it's in the wave 
were. Oh my god! Just yeah. below the water and whatnot. Yeah. Not that it looks bad when you actually see it, but it is. It's very convincing. Yeah. Oh my god! See, like with most movies, when I look back at them, it's always one image. Usually, one image from the movie that just stands out immediately to mind. And for me, with this movie, it's when she's surfing the wave, and clear as day, you see the shark in the wave. Like that's yeah. a you could take make a poster out of that image. That gave me like that was the moment I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I think that's um pretty sure that's they probably got the idea of that from a I think there's a surf video out there. I can't remember if the guys get knocked off the board or not, but it's just like that. You're just going to ride and you see this silhouette. <laughs> Pretty That's crazy. scary as shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually, I even just thought that the, like, five minutes of them, the montage of them surfing, like, looked great. Like, it was really cool to watch. Tearing up the waves. Yeah, it, it looks like she was actually surfing. For the most part. Wouldn't surprise me. She seems like that kind of girl. It doesn't look like it's a... It's not like a real rough... Like surf. Like a lot of times... When you see those waves in like Hawaii... They're massive and they're breaking on like... Four inches of water. Right. It didn't look like it was the case there. So... Yeah. Piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> Could have body surfed it. Now, yeah, I like those two guys. I guess the movie starts off and it's home. It's almost like found footage thing where the shark is attacking the camera. And then you meet these two guys out on the water with her and one of them has a camera on their head. So that kind of, I thought that could have maybe been saved. They didn't have to show that right in the very beginning. I had a issue with that. Like, halfway through the movie, I thought back to the beginning and was like, that's so dumb that I kind of thought they gave it away, but how it ended up turning out, I didn't hate it as much as I initially did, but I, I definitely hear you. Yeah, I just think, I mean, because that was a cool shot from the found footage camera, and they don't use that shot again. I think that would have been better saved, like, for later on, but... It's not yeah, that they could have used some tent, built some more tension. I felt like um, where you didn't know her status, you know what I mean? And yeah, you found it. But I guess I kind of see like why they did it. They wanted you to realize that where she's going, like give you that tension of okay, when's it coming? When's it coming? You know, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something bad is going to happen. Yeah, the dread. Build the dread up, but. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I wouldn't know unless I saw it the other way, and that's impossible. So I have a, a couple minor gripes. Um, the fact that they kept using this, she kept asking the name of the beach, and everyone has had something smart to say, like, if I told you I'd have to kill you or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like it was going to be some kind of plot point, or... Even later on in the movie, I thought, well, maybe she will get a hold of someone somehow, but she won't be able to tell them where she is. 
Yeah. And that just is kind of forgotten. Yeah, dropped like a bad habit. And an even more, much more minor gripe is Great Lake Sharks don't swim in shallow water. <laughs> like they're deep sea creatures. There's like a reason Great White Sharks aren't in zoos or aquariums, for that matter. They're definitely not in zoos. And... Yeah. <laughs> I just, I felt like, not that I'm like a freaking, whatever you call them, an ocean expert. <laughs> There's a lot of like, uh, like bull sharks and stuff like that are known to be aggressive. I don't know. I felt like they could have, I felt like the great white thing was a little cliche, but. Yeah. Very minor, and I guess it's iconic, you know? Mm hmm. I'll say a couple more positive things before I get to the negatives. Uh, I like that those two guys ended up just being normal, decent guys that didn't steal her stuff when she when they went back and didn't, you know, get perverted or anything. I mean, I'm sure they're saying things in their own other language that could have been interesting. But, I mean, they seem like de you would assume that they was going to be something negative about them. Yeah, I got to agree with you there because – like, even when she first goes out in the water, she stays, like, kind of, like, 40, 50 yards away. And she's like, no, I'm all right over here. Yeah. And then, big buddy-buddy, and then it's like, oh, maybe they got her. Yep. <laughs> but it, it was actually pretty refreshing, I gotta admit. Yeah. It was definitely a, something that you don't usually see. And also, what else? What else was the other fucking thing I was going to say? I guess I got nothing. Oh yeah, the star of the show was the duck. The uh, not the duck. The fucking oh yeah, yeah, the seagull. The sea that was cool. The seagull with the broken leg, and she helps him out. I mean, that sounds like it could be out of like a Nickelodeon movie or something, but it actually kind of was effective. Yeah, they did it right. Yeah, I gotta admit. Just and he's. I like how that he's through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, puts him on a broken surfboard. <laughs> yeah, I thought just that was a nice touch, and yeah, I guess negative-wise, I thought like the very end of the, all right, the very very end of the movie, I thought was cheesy and not great, and also like the actual climax of the her versus the shark could have been handled better. I thought it was okay. Some stuff just I couldn't exactly buy a hundred percent. Yeah, the I the jellyfish thing. Yeah. Is a, I I mean I understand why I liked how she was like deducing or whatever you call that things and figuring things out. That was cool, but the way they did it wasn't great. First, I thought the whale the when she fires the flare. Yeah. I thought that was dumb at first, but then I did think about it that would be pretty plausible to happen actually i mean for a long time kerosene lamps were they hunted whales for that oh really yeah so they really do have a lot of oil like that on them huh yeah i was wondering what that was about but i thought the whale looked great that seemed like a real dead whale yeah it was pretty crazy it was a huge whale yeah um, 
Oh, the other minor thing I had was the shark. It bites her, and there's, I mean, they're pretty big gashes on her legs, but her leg's pretty intact. Yeah, and that and was a huge shark. And then he just snaps shark. other people in half. Oh, right, yeah. No problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the drunk the again, drunk guy on the beach. Wouldn't was, have a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The drunk guy on the beach was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, all right, yeah, stealing your money. Oh, wait, what's it? Yeah. I like how she's still, after all that's happening, she's like, no, don't get in the water. <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? You deserved it. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I'm going to use this opportunity to swim to shore. Yeah, like... Alright, he's busy eating that guy. I'm gonna go over here. That's a... The other thing... I, I keep saying all these little gripes. These are super minor for me, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why there's a freaking rotting blue whale floating out there. And the shark's eating three people. Yeah, it's not, does, does the shark have an endless appetite? Is it like... Yeah. <laughs> Or just the thirst for blood. Yeah. Yeah. I that's... guess what they try to say in the movie is it's just, it's protecting its food source. Yeah. Still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why didn't it attack them earlier when they were out there? Yeah. Where did the whale come? How did you miss the whale floating out there? <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Super minor things that, I mean, you go with it. Yeah. I mean, if you really, if you try to pick the movie apart i guess you can but yeah like i, I had no problem i can understand if someone had a had like wasn't able to get past some of these things but for me it wasn't that big a deal and i would reckon the, recommend the movie to anybody i think it's very enjoyable if you don't want to run out and buy, uh, get it on redbox at least wait for hbo i'm sure it'll be on there Hi, uh, this would be a perfect uh like tv flick shark week staple oh yeah there you go <laughs> Yeah, so I'll give it like a heavy 7.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm right on the money with you. 7.5. Alright. Let's go into the more fantastical other end of the spectrum. Swiss Army Man. Which, now thinking... I just <laughs> thinking about the title. That, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Paul Dano plays a guy who is about to hang himself... And a dead body washes ashore. And it's not like he's rushes over to try to save this body. It's that he keeps making these weird noises. And it's, like, distracting him. So he gets down. And it's just a farting corpse. A corpse that just is constantly ripping ass. And uh, I don't know how realistic that is with corpses. But probably not very considering the rest of the way the movie is realistic. <laughs> yeah. In other aspects. Well, also, he doesn't even get down. He he accidentally oh, yeah. hangs well, himself. Well, I thought at first he got down, then he went back up to it. Botches it. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember, because then he tries it again. Yeah. <laughs> but then, literally, he uses uh, Harry Potter's body as a jet ski, <laughs> ties a belt around his waist, and is just flying through the water. Propelled by gas. Uh, yeah, and then I guess he still... They get on another 
piece of land and no one's around. So all of a sudden, what, he starts vomiting fresh water? Yeah. I don't... How does that happen? During the rain, he's collecting rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not getting that much. It's very, uh... All his little attributes are very gradual yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, and then he's, yeah, he starts dispersing fresh water from his mouth. And then all of a sudden, he's like... Oh, wait. He's like um, a newborn baby. A newborn carcass. Yeah. <laughs> At first, he's just mumbling like a zombie, and then he finally he starts talking, and and just it's kind of weird and cool how Paul Dano is. It's like a baby that's born as an adult because he's talking about girls and sex and all these adult things to someone that has the mind of a child. It's kind of interesting in that regards. It is really cool how. He teaches him things and how someone can take something at face value and you'd be like, no, you can't say that. Yeah. but well, you why? Say, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so they basically just become buddies until Paul Dano kind of betrays him or whatever. And then I don't want to spoil the movie, but uh, we might have to talk around the ending at a certain point because it was definitely interesting. But yeah, it's, what did you think of Swiss Army Man? Movie I'm not going to lie. It took me like four times to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just from, I don't know. I, I think two of the times I just probably wasn't like super in the mood to Yeah, you gotta be experience in a, something new. You got to be in a certain kind of mood, I'd say. I will say, though, if you're having issues, like, watching it, skip past, like, the first, like, 15 minutes, like, the, the fart jokes, I don't know, it's really not that big a deal when you look back. Yeah, it's really only, really only the first 15 minutes or so that that's a huge when, part of the movie. When Daniel Radcliffe starts talking is when yeah, it gets good. Yeah, I think it's best in the middle of the movie. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I can't see two other actors being able to pull this movie off. I will give them credit for that. Yeah, oh my god. Daniel Radcliffe was great as the court. Yeah. And Paul Dano, I mean, he's always good as these weirdos. He's really he's, good at that. He's a really good actor. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, really want to finish. He did a BBC show about this Russian novel. Really good. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. I like halfway through. I mean, he's just, just, I don't know. I think he's underrated, even by myself. Like, <laughs> because he plays such weird characters, I think it's easy to dismiss him. But, I mean, he's always given it his all. Yeah, I was actually reading an article. Actually, it wasn't too far long after Love and Mercy. Yeah, we were after that. that. And when I was watching the show, that's still on the tip of my tongue. And the one dude was saying, like, he might end up being, like, one of the actors of our generation. It's just people don't really quite know him that well yet. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, he delivers on whatever, however weird it is or... Yep. I mean, he's been in some iconic movies already. He was in 
He played two roles in There Will Be Blood, my favorite movie of all time. He was in oh, yeah. 12 Years a Slave as a minor character. Not a great dude <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, he's been in a lot of good movies, and it's easy to forget just because he's always a part-timer. But I'm hoping he gets some more like leading roles in the future. Yeah, me too. But yeah, so uh, it got 67% on Rotten Tomatoes and had great reviews out of Sundance and then kind of came down a little bit when it was released over the summer. Um, I heard it can, it got booed, and a lot of people left. Yeah, that's can for you. Apparently, they it's either a cheer or a boo. There's no in-between. Wow. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't think it deserved that. But No, no. See, I'm not the biggest fan of fart jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not either. And I think that's, like I said, if you really have a hard time getting over it, skip like the first 15 yeah. minutes. So. But even so, it's so ridiculous. It's almost like, I don't know. It didn't bother me. It just was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I saw something with the director's. Oh, yeah, the Daniels. The idea of the movie is they sort of took all the aspects they don't like in movies. And try to make a good movie out of it. it. Like they said, they hate fart jokes. It's like the lowest common denominator. Yeah. They hate acapella, this, this, and that. And then they're like, we, and especially Harry Potter. Can't <laughs> That's funny. But we should mention that. I thought the music was amazing. Yeah, the music was good. Music was good. I don't think it could fit in any other movie, but <laughs> yeah, really cool. Yeah, some of it was like like what was it, Jurassic Park? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> they used the score for Jurassic Park. He like, to, yeah, he's like humming it and uh, yeah, teaching him all that stuff. See, that was my favorite part of the movie. It was just when he's finally becomes aware and he's teaching him all this stuff, and it's. The back and forth, just a buddy dynamic. Almost like a coming of age movie for this dead guy. And, and it'd be so easy for Paul Danner to take advantage of him, and he kind of does. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just was a great, like, com- buddy comedy, getting to know you. I don't know, it was almost like a bromance. They were, like, courting each other. It is interesting. It, um,. It kind of, to me, being a person that has, like, social anxiety, it seems sort of like, well, what's the word, like an allegory for something like that almost, where it's like, you're so anxious or whatever, you can't, like, let people know how you really are, but you should just sort of, yeah, or just go kind of just let it go and be yourself, (laughs) Yeah. do it in really strange ways. (laughs) Yeah. And if you look at him from being like, like I heard someone say that like Paul Dano's alive on the outside but dead on the inside, Daniel Radcliffe's dead on the outside but alive on the inside. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of sometimes when I get stressed out, I kind of like boil over and just that like literally reminds me of it, but just <laughs> yeah, kind of silly in a way. You just you come. I'm like trapped in your own. Yeah, you whatever. definitely start to feel for Paul Danner's character the more you learn. There's obviously something going on there. 
and obviously, I mean, it's, he's about to hang himself in the middle, beginning of the yeah. movie. And what about, though, they find a nudie mag and his burner is like a compass. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but I like how, um, like, Radcliffe, he almost gets, like, addicted to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that girl, and he's like, well, how do you know? Maybe this girl will, if I see that picture, maybe everything will come back, you know, <laughs> fall in love. And, yeah. and then later, he's, like, yelling at him for, why would you let me convince me that I'm in love with someone I've never met or something? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I think we need to talk spoilers a little bit. So if you haven't seen the movie, maybe skip ahead five minutes, four minutes, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah, but the twist in the movie that I guess he's just got some uh, mental illness and he never was on an island. He was just down the road, I guess, down the woods. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like stalking this girl played by uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I started to wonder, how did he find his dead body then? <laughs> did he kill somebody? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, the cops do say that it's plausible that he did, you know, say bodies wash up on shore all the time. Yeah, that's true. But the ending is really strange. Like, I felt like they could have done a whole lot with the ending. And yeah. They- yeah, yeah. I, agree. I don't know if they just decided that they didn't want to be those guys to have so much social commentary. Right. But it is sort of a double twist. Yeah. Yep. But it, I don't it it's really strange at the end. Yeah, the end kind of lost me a little bit. I liked where it was heading and then... I mean, I don't mind the twist. It, it actually makes sense, obviously, because... But it's yeah, like, I mean, you kind of get the idea at some point in the movie that something like that yeah. is sort of going on. But but they try to like have their cake and eat it too, where he's crazy and then he's not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like... I would have rather them just kind of like left it on the edge and it been like, you decide. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, I'm trying to... It's been a little bit since I've seen it, so I'm struggling to really come up with much. There's, like, a couple things that are, like... Like, at one point, the reporter guy is, like, says something to Paul Danner's character. Like, hey, you look really familiar. Like, haven't I met you before and all that? And that means nothing. Yeah. That's, like, weird tidbit to put at the last 95% of the movie. Yeah. And then... His dad's there. Yeah, the dad. Dad's real upset, doesn't want to identify the body. Then it ends up, it's reverse roles. Yep. Then he takes off. Why are the cops? The cops have no urgency in this situation. <laughs> yeah, seriously. A dead body in a stalker <laughs> in his yard. And somehow he's able to just go. Slides on down the hill with it <laughs> into the river. Oh, my God. And then, I guess we'll say it, they end up where they start it, which is pretty clear that the, the island in the beginning isn't real. 
Yeah. And but it seems like Paul Daniel like shits his pants. <laughs> and then Daniel Radcliffe just sails off like a jet ski into the ocean <laughs> without saying anything and everyone's sitting there like, huh. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious when you put it like that, but when you're, when you're watching the movie, you're like, what the fuck did I just <laughs> watch? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> For me, it was like, it's like a pretty strong middle with uh, just middle of the road to ho-hum beginning and end. You know, <laughs> like a what the fuck am I watching sandwiched with... Uh, some pretty quality stuff. Like, initially watching the end, I was sort of angry. But I was pretty over that pretty quick. Because if this would have been any... I don't know. You can't really compare this movie to anything else. If it would have no, been anything else, I would have been upset about it. But I was like, well, weird has been pretty consistent. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, overall, what would you give it? Hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm in between a strong six and a half and a slight seven. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too far from that myself. I, pr- I think I'll go six and a half. I I think it. you should definitely watch it at some point. If what we've described sounds interesting at all. <laughs> I could see it being a, a somewhat of a cult classic. Oh, yeah. I'm sure... Hey. I already know it has its fans just from the critical stuff I've seen, but I can definitely see it just hitting the right note for certain people. And then I can also see some people completely hating every second of it. Yeah, and I do think that most people that are hating on it probably aren't getting past the first, like, yeah, half hour of the movie or something. They're just kind of giving up on it. But yeah. Which, I mean, hard to blame someone. That's a long time to not like something to, to really give it a full shot, but I'm glad we were able to. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very happy that I watched the movie. But yeah. It's, yeah. And also, Whatever. just like seeing new stuff. Like, if every movie is the same, then it's that's no fun. How are you I, gonna I ex- think the best way to put that movie is it was refreshing. It was oh, nice yeah. to see something that just didn't follow the same old formula or... It was as I wanted to say it. I almost said, I'm glad it wasn't weird for the sake of being weird, but it's definitely what it was. <laughs> yeah. But it, it did it kind of in the right way, I felt like. Just the camaraderie they had. like, Yeah. Definitely the best part. I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. and Yeah, it's about as refreshing as letting out a whole bunch of gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all right. Let's move. Those were both man versus nature movies, kind of. I don't know about Swiss Army Man, but uh, let's get into our top five man versus nature movies. Now, what about this subgenre? Or actually, I always you always hear like it's there's only three kinds of movies: man versus man, man versus self, man versus nature. But looking at just my top 100 list that I made. A while ago, I don't have a ton. I didn't have a ton of Man vs. Nature in there. No, 
It's just it, it's kind of odd some of the movies that people consider man versus nature. Yeah, I kind of had to stretch a little bit, but that when it's good, it's good. Like man man versus nature movies can certainly be very good. I had probably like a handful in my top 100 of all time, so yeah, and looking at some of other people's lists, people have such strange tastes. Like, one person had, like, 2012, or whatever that movie was <laughs> called. It's, like, their number four of 25. It had, like, Castaway or Low on the List, or I don't know. Yeah, 2012. Know worst movies I've ever seen. I did not like 2012 at all. <laughs> Maybe they're, I don't know. And these Maybe. disaster movies, like, there's other kinds of Man vs. Nature than just disaster movies, but the disaster movies, man, they are usually pretty mediocre Horrible. and terrible. <laughs> like, you will not see... Like, uh, what was the George Clooney one? It was really big when it came out, but I remember watching it a few years ago, and being like, wow, a uh, perfect storm. Oh, yeah, see... That was not as good of a movie as I remember. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I talked about that with Casey in an old episode where I uh, absolutely, in my head, that movie was amazing. I loved it. Nine out of (laughs) ten. Absolutely incredible. I rewatched it and regretted it so bad because, man, that is not a good movie. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yep. Nostalgia. What's your number five? My number five is going to be Castaway. Alright. And that's it's just my personal opinion. It took me a while to watch Castaway and I wasn't I don't know, I guess I didn't catch the wave. It is a fantastic movie, but Yeah. Ruined it. Whatever. My top five is pretty solid, actually, in this category. But a little bit of my personal opinion is going to sway this a bit. Hey, that's why we do it. Wilson! (laughs) Alright, my number five. It's arguable to be included here because you could easily make a case for it being man versus self. It's Take Shelter. The Jeff Nichols movie starring Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain where Michael Shannon plays a guy who is has these visions that a huge storm is coming, an apocalyptic type storm, and he, his mind is telling him he needs to make a bomb shelter to save his family for when it comes. So it's kind of like a mental illness type thing, but is it real? Is it not real? But... Incredible movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's great stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I guess you could include it as Man vs. Nature because, you know, there's that big storm coming. Yeah. A lot of these Man vs. Nature movies kind of have a kind of teeter. Go either way sometimes. Yeah. But... There's a storm coming. <laughs> the likes of which none of y'all have ever seen. It's an iconic scene. I love it. Michael Shannon at his best. What's your number four? My number four is going to go to The Way Back. 
Okay. Not the way, way back, but the way back. Way back. Yeah. I think I've seen this. Um, there's Colin Farrell's in it. Rachel McAdams? No. No? Uh, the guy f- from Mystic River? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I've so I've only seen Mystic River once. It's, I'm I know blanking. I'm laughing at myself because the guy from Mystic River, like, <laughs> there's a lot of guys in Mystic River. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> the way back is like um, it's got the dude from Westworld in it that plays the guy in the black hat. Ed Harris. Yeah. Jim Sturgis. Um, okay, I looked, it up. I looked from, it up. I looked it up. I can never remember his name, but he's. That's in across the universe. Jim Sturgis. They're some sort. I guess most of them are Russian, like POWs escape in Siberia, and it's. I think people thought it was a true story, and then they kind of proved that it wasn't. But it's a cool story nonetheless. It's about them escaping Siberia, which is like camps like. 3,000 miles from even the closest border. Just nothingness. Yeah. It's about them basically trying to escape communist Russia. And by the time like they get to Mongolia, it's a communist country. I think it takes them forever to get wherever they end up going. And the war has been well over for a long time by the time they get to civilization. It's a... Uh, it's a cool story, though. Uh, I like it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think I've seen it, but I'm I'm also kind of blending it or mixing it up with this other movie that's kind of similar that starred Rachel McAdams and that guy from Mystic River. <laughs> <laughs> I got to What the hell? It's not Kevin Bacon or Sean Penn. It's the other one. <laughs> uh, t- Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Yeah. There it is. All right, yeah, bit solid pick. My number four. Let's see if uh, if you think this could pass as man versus nature. All right, it's Jurassic Park. I've seen it on other people's lists, so I will accept. <laughs> it's a man-made creation, but they are actual dinosaurs, and that's nature, man true and i always say like like when people say we're ruining nature like bringing things over we are nature as well actually every movie's man versus nature this changes everything yeah whoa <laughs> just it's like kind of like an inception type thing <laughs> well yeah i mean there's not much else to say we've talked about it and there's everyone knows it it's an incredible movie uh casey brady former co-host of this podcast he did say it was overrated and not all that great. And that's why he's no longer the co-host. Of the- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's just wrong about that. But uh, it holds up. I was going to say, I've rewatched it fairly recently. It holds up for it me. It holds up real yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an incredible movie. It's my number four. What's your number three? Number three. I guess this could be debatable, but. I feel like the ultimate enemy is nature. Is the revenant. Yeah, I could see it. 
kind of from like two different storylines, oh, yeah. but especially Leo's. The vast majority is him just trying to survive. Out yeah, I, I mean, there are human adversaries. He's, you know, Tom Hardy and the Indians and all. Native Americans, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Don't, uh, no locker room talk. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, just it's such a good movie and gotta give him credit for actually shooting it out there in nature i just kind of had to put it on my list i felt like. yeah word my number three could be seen as another stretch but um what would do you consider outer space nature that's the thing i would can i guess go for it gravity correct that's my number wow three. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I'm pretty disappointed. What? So. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's a shocker. Gotta see it. And make sure it's good quality HD Blu-ray type stuff. I actually um kind of I rewatched Interstellar the other day. Yeah. I I liked it more than I ever have. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely one I'm gonna rewatch quite a few times over the years. Yeah, it's incredible. It's you got. You gotta watch Gravity though. It's like it really could be number one on this list, but it's not for me. But it's just a perfect roller coaster ride of just someone being their destiny, like their fate, almost completely being out of their hands in a way. It's a, and it's just like a roller coaster ride, a thrill ride. It's it's an hour and a half of just fasten your seatbelt and be enthralled as Sandra Bullock tries to survive a, a minefield out in space. Yeah, there's two reasons I haven't seen this movie. Is something about space that people don't dig. The, the hopelessness of it. It's something we can't control. And this is before I saw Interstellar. So I remember most people love gravity, but there are some people that just didn't like it. Yeah, Let's that's see. true. I know a couple of them. I, that, don't, I don't get it, but. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I remember my brother coming home from seeing Interstellar and being like, that was a dumb movie. <laughs> he might be mentally insane, but <laughs> the other thing is I heard from people that it was a movie I should have saw in the theaters. That's true, but a good quality version will be fine. I've I've seen it both ways. It's not as good. I mean, it's so incredibly immersive in the theaters in 3D, but it's a just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. And, yeah, even if it's slightly lessened, it's still, you got to see it for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely have to put it on, on my I mean, soon and that's a fast track. Like, what are you doing? That was like my number in a great year of movies. That was like my number three of the year. I think the only ones it was like in my top four, along with uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, Twelve Years a Slave, and Her. I yeah, think. I remember you saying that it it was you're putting it up for your movie of the year almost. Yeah. Yep, it's an instant classic. But what's your wait? Number two? Two. <laughs> my number two might theoretically be the best movie on my list. 
probably surely the most iconic. Mine too. It's Jaws. Jaws. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah, Jaws. Wow. What can you? I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, slap yourself across the mouth. <laughs> if you buy it. If you haven't seen Jaws, why are you listening to a movie podcast? <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those classic, for a reason, iconic, first ever blockbuster. Crazy that there's so many sequels that are god awful. Yeah. And it holds up so well. Oh, yeah. Amazingly well. Spielberg, Dreyfus. Um, it's great. It's. It's definitely a movie that if it's on, it's hard to not keep watching it all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You can't, there's not a whole lot of uh, analysis that needs to go on here. So, what's your number one? My number one is just a personal favorite of mine. It's Into the Wild. All right, yeah, it's a good movie. I really like the movie. I like the acting, and I love the soundtrack. Yeah, it's Pearl so, Jam, right? It's uh, I mean Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah. So, I don't know. Something about I think like I like watching this movie when I'm just like kind of feeling down, like just sick of people. Yeah. Something <laughs> like. Not that I would ever actually do that, but there's something like romantic about someone just being like, I don't care about the world that, you know, yeah. just about do it on my own. It's like part admirable and part incredibly stupid. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but genius at the same time. And it's cool that it's basically a true story. Yeah, I heard the book's good too. Yeah, I've seen like a little mini documentary thing on it. It's pretty cool. I like how he's uh he did the I guess it's graffiti in a sense, but it's a different kind of thing that comes from like the hobo days where you, what was his name? Something Super Tramp. And you can still find his little Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember now, but Something Super Tramp. But, He's a super tramp, super tramp. But I would definitely recommend that movie. I I really like it. Yeah, it's definitely well made. Sean Penn directed it and stars Emil Hirsch in the starring role. Well, my number one is also just more of a personal favorite, and you already mentioned it. It's Castaway. Nice. Yeah. Can't go uh, wrong, Tom Hanks. No, you can't. And this could be another Perfect Storm type thing. I'm sure it holds up better than that. But it's something that I watched a ton back in the day, and I haven't seen it in quite a while. But just in my memory, uh, it's the first movie, one of the first movies where, I mean, it, it's not conventional. For the vast majority of this movie, it's just a guy on an island by himself with not much dialogue whatsoever. And I thought it was just perfectly handled and it's mainstream enough, but still kind of off kilter and indie feeling. Uh, Tom Hanks with that hair and that beard yeah, is insane. Uh, 
I just love the part when he first makes fire on his own. The way he yeah. screams, fire! fire! See, I would like to go back and rewatch it as well. Yeah, yeah. In a too. while. When I was putting this list together, I'm just going off my top 100, I'm like, damn, Castaway above Jaws, Gravity, Jurassic Park, and Take Shelter. Might it's interesting to... how lists go like that. Though. Yeah, I might have to give it a, another poke and see what what's going on here. But, yeah. That's my list. I don't have any honorable mentions for like the first time ever. I won. All right. The Hunter, William Defoe. Seen it. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, it's more so. I put it on there because I had never even heard of the movie, and I watched it on Netflix, and was like, "This is all right." Yeah. There's another one. I wasn't what I expected when I when I started watching it. Yeah. But yep. What else have we watched since our last pod? We've both watched both watched Westworld. I'm yes. assuming. Yes. Have you watched both episodes? I have. I've seen both episodes. What now, do you know? Are they going to put the new episodes out early like that? No, they said they did it because of the debate with Sunday night, and they, uh, they didn't okay. want it to just get like swept under the rug. Just because I remember, I can't remember exactly what season, if it was season three or four of The Wire. Interesting enough, as much as people say The Wire is maybe the greatest show ever made, not very good ratings. Yeah. They used to put the new episode out on Sunday, and then the following week's episode would come out 12 o'clock that night on Monday. That was when On Demand was brand new. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I just didn't know if they were doing something like that with Westworld to build the fan base up. But. I mean, it had pretty good ratings from what I understand. Uh, the first episode, it was the first, it was like the best, highly, most highly rated original drama since like Boardwalk Empire or something like that. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm I'm glad it's, it seems to be doing well. I think they have five or six seasons already mapped out, uh, the show creators. Oh. Um, what did you think of the show overall? It's a lot going It was the show that I think a lot of people were anticipating. It's been a long time coming, and I was one of them. I was re- really looking forward to it. What did you think? Very cool. I like the contrast of how beautiful the world, the West world is, and the sci-fi aspect of everything else yeah um i thought the second episode was a lot stronger than the first but completely agree the first is it's necessary to yeah yeah you gotta have some kind of basis for what's going on the word like the thing about the first episode for me was that it was a lot of like monologue or just um what's it called when it's just Spilling plot, like it's just telling you things yeah. you need to know for the future to to go on with it. But yeah, I actually I think it's a great premise. Obviously, based off the movie from 1973, which I haven't seen, but um, I love. I the, do. I want to see that. Yeah, I heard it's not great, but I do. I'm I'm kind of intrigued. It's a. It's kind of a. Tri- I'm pretty sure it's the first time a computer virus was ever mentioned. Oh, really? In media, period. 
And uh, apparently the movie, it's it's Westworld, Medieval World, and... Roman World? Roman oh, World, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Pretty what? Pretty sure it's the medieval ones that ruin it for everybody. Because they have swords. <laughs> what, look, what they're going to do is... The big reveal is that Roman World is going to be that show that was on HBO called Rome. And Medieval World is going to be Westeros, Game of Thrones. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the twist. Tie-in. <laughs> no, I thought... I think the premise is amazing. And I loved everything that happened on the actual West World. And the pilot episode, anyway. And the stuff that was kind of behind the scenes just was a little bit boring to me. But, again, I understand why they had to have it that way. Yeah, and that being said, I kind of agree with you, but towards the end of the second episode, it, the whole, it became a lot more ominous. Like, there's a lot more going on. Yeah, that's what I was trying. Well, than I um, thought that was going to happen. Yeah, that's why I was saying, like, in the pilot, that that was the case. Because I was more interested in what was going on behind the scenes in the second episode. And I agree. I thought the second episode was a lot better. And I'm, I'm in. I'm in for this show. Yeah, it, I totally agree. Me too. It reminds... It's like a video... Very video game-esque. Yeah. Like how... Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, these, it's basically designed and everything has to make sense and every person has to play their role and yeah there's has just loads of potential here i find it interesting that it's very like video games where they build this beautiful world and like when they demo it they show people playing it like the correct way yeah yeah and as soon as you let people in there they'll break it they just want to break it that's the first thing people do so it's very true form i guess yeah i also gotta say the cast is pretty amazing yeah great cast and so many characters so much going on all at once but what are some what are some of your favorite parts or characters um i'm interested to see uh more about i don't know what the actor's name is but he's the what do they call him the something brothers and the Always Sunny. Oh yeah, McBoyle. Mc... Yeah, he his name. He's a pretty good actor. Actually, I've seen him in a few things. His name is Jimmy Simpson, and he's introduced in the second episode. Yeah, he was great because I love the way they showed you like you entering the whole thing. Oh, he on the train. Yeah, and it, I just like him because it's like that's your entering entry point into it, and they didn't have that in the first episode. You can kind um, of put yourself in his shoes. Now that you're saying that, I think one of my favorite things... It's actually two parts. Actually, I don't know... It's in a preview. But um, the guy who created Westworld is talking to the girl, uh, Evan Rachel, whatever. Evan Rachel Wood. Wood, yes, sorry. And... She says something like, are you my friend? He says, no, I wouldn't say that. And there's a point that someone says that about the friend that he came in the world with. He said, I I wouldn't call him a friend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Same exact line. Something weird about that. Yeah. Huh? There's This is another show like Lost or 
something where there's theories, so many theories about what's going on and and all this stuff. Like I heard a theory that uh, Jimmy Simpson, that that him, his little journey with his little buddy going in there is actually thirty like thirty years ago. Because remember, uh, Ed Harris's character says, you know, I've been coming here for 30 years and there was apparently some kind of, they haven't had an incident in 30 years since something crazy happened back then. Heard a rumor that Jimmy Simpson could be playing Ed Harris's character coming to the park for the first time and it's going to like... Oh, that's a really good one. Like it's going to coincide with what actually happened, what the incident was and how he was involved and all this stuff. He does like confront Dolores or whatever saying... Like, I've known you for a long time. Very interesting. Yeah, apparently there was a different logo on the train that he was on compared to the modern day one. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it, but that's pretty cool. Could be interesting. Yeah, I I was sort of thinking that maybe somebody was an android and didn't know it. Like, one of those type things. Oh, I couldn't really tell you who that would be or whatever. It's definitely going to happen. Like so, someone you think is human is going to turn out to be a robot, and that's pretty were, pretty crazy to think about. Just like he didn't know if that like the person taking him in was human or a robot, and she's like, or someone said, if you can't tell the difference, what does it matter? Very like, true. Crazy. Maybe the maze is just something that like if one of the androids cracks it that I don't I don't know. I really don't know. But it, I like shows that are like that. Yeah. Well it's visceral and it's like entertaining, but it also afterwards it makes you think and put stuff together. Yeah, I like it it doesn't make you think during the show. Yeah, it's not as much. That you're like Wow. Yeah, definitely a show where I already have two podcasts, like a weekly recap type thing that I'm listening to, just to like hear theories and stuff like that. But I just love the concept of, are you supposed to feel bad for these things? I mean, obviously the show is making it so that you are feeling bad for these robots, but I mean, they are just robots, so no, no one's actually getting hurt. It's definitely a moral gray area. It's yeah, it's a it's a fascinating show. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where it's going. Yeah, and I heard that the second half, like they had to shut production down at a certain point, and I heard that, like once they got their stuff together, that they really feel like they knocked it out of the park. So I think it's just going to get better in the second half. Well, I hope, hope oh. hopefully that's the case because it's already good. I'm definitely pumped. Watch anything else? Um, yeah, I. Well, first off, I've been rewatching a whole lot of stuff, but uh, I'll start by saying I watched Goodwill Hunting for the first time ever. What a I am now ashamed to say that. <laughs> what a pump fake! You've been rewatching a ton of stuff. <laughs> I wanted to get my the fresh one. I, I just watched it a few yeah. hours ago. <laughs> it's a great Amazing movie. Yeah, like a nine, nine and a half. Yep. For me. Why <laughs> haven't they made another movie like that? Well, I guess maybe that'd be hard. But <laughs> yeah, sequel. 
But right. I, I just like the whole dialogue and it kind of had everything. It had a love story. It was interesting, just topically. It was funny. Yeah. Like um, the scene where the guy's like, well, I already set him up with an interview with this big company and they cut and it's Ben Affleck sitting there in his suit and his weird <laughs> gel to the side hair. And he's, these guys are just like, he's just muscling them for probably like a billion dollar company. He muscles them for $73 retainer. <laughs> <laughs> but not muscled him, but. And Robin Williams is the best part, I think, acting-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The acting's fantastic all around. But... He's so great when he's serious. Yeah. Or was. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that is a great movie. It has a little bit of everything. Um, I was much like you about five, six years ago. Watched it for the first time and was like, man, what took me so long? Yeah, I guess, I mean, even though Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have proven themselves time and time again, I guess at the time, it's sort of like the thing people had with Leonardo DiCaprio where they just didn't like him because he looked kind of like a pretty boy or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know, it's something like that is the reason I didn't want to watch it. I thought it was cheesy or something like that, but completely wrong. But yeah, classic. It's in my shoot. top 100. Um, but quickly, I, I rewatched Interstellar. I think I liked it even more than the last time we reviewed it. Um, now I'm blanking. I rewatched Hateful Eight. Nice, nice. Um, not exactly the same as Interstellar, but I still really like. Like, I think Hateful Eight was my favorite movie of that year. I'm not sure about if I like it quite that much still. I guess it's that's one of those movies that the first time you see it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, like Reservoir Dogs or something. Yeah, and it's so long. Yeah, for sure. But, um... I rewatching Heron Vice as well. All right, you're watching all, hitting all the favorites. I like that movie more every single time I see it. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know what it is because it's so weird because I did not like it at first. It took me three times before we reviewed it to watch it and like like it. Yeah. But that's a great movie all around. But all right, my big one though is I know I always say. Like, I talk about anime and stuff, and Cowboy Bebop is my favorite anime of all time. And I always say it, I harp about it, but I spent a long time since I just didn't catch, like, an episode one or something like that. I rewatched all 26 episodes plus the movie from beginning to end in, like, a day and a half. (laughs) Jesus. And it is way better than I even remembered it it's a masterpiece it's one of the best shows of any kind ever made for me yeah it's um maybe probably in the 
top five best soundtracks ever made. Really? For a show. I was reading about it. I forget what her, her name is. Like Yoko Kano, Kano. Kano. She got so into like making this jazzy soundtrack that they had to literally write episodes and scenes for the music. It was so amazing. And it's called Cowboy Bebop. There's a lot of musical. Like every episode has like a theme, like Jupiter Jazz, part one and two. It'll mention different types of music and kind of go that beat, or it'll be literally named after songs like Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, the movie was called Knocking on Heaven's Door, which it was called Cowboy Bebop the movie in America because of licensing. Yeah. But um, I'd say for anybody that wants to watch or hasn't, need to give it till like episode five and that's when this the bigger past underlying story really starts kicking in and i don't know it's just it's one of those shows that it doesn't burn itself out over 26 episodes it gets better and better and better and the more i watch it the more i like pick up on these different connections with the characters and it's it's an amazing, amazing show. How long are the episodes? Um, typical cartoon. So I guess it, it's in a half hour block. Yeah. So it's probably like twenty six minutes, something like that. Twenty four. Gotcha. Is it on Netflix? Is it on streaming? Gross. A lot of people, like all forms. You've probably seen like parodies of it almost and not even known it type thing. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I just can't say enough. Like it is uh, incredible. They have a... The villain is also pretty awesome. He's not in the show a whole lot, but when he is in it, he is ruthless and amazing. His, his name is Vicious. It's kind of like a Sephiroth kind of guy. All right. Yeah, I love Sephiroth. Seven. Hell yeah. But it's, especially if you've never seen an anime before, Cowboy Bebop is transcendent. Like, definitely check it out. All right. Well, I watched a couple movies. I watched Amanda Knox, the documentary on Netflix about. Oh, cool! About this on the list for me. Yeah, I mean it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It tells the story of Amanda Knox, who was like, I think she's doing some kind of. What is it when you go to school overseas for like? uh... Yeah, it's. I forget what they call it. Yeah, but she's doing that. And <laughs> she's in... Foreign Exchange or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And she's over in... God damn it, is it Italy? I think it's... Italy, Italy, yeah. It's Italy, and she is a student there, and she's living with this British girl, Meredith, and 
she meets this guy over there and starts hooking up with him. And her roommate is found brutally, viciously murdered. And she is arrested for it. I heard a little bit about it back in the day when it, this was happening, but not, a, not I didn't know a ton about it. Yeah, I remember vaguely, like when the trial or whatever was happening, I remember seeing her picture yeah. and stuff. And it's definitely, I think the movie is best for people that don't know a whole lot about the case, which was me. So I, I definitely enjoyed the movie. It has interviews with Amanda Knox herself, with the guy she was seeing at the time with the like investigator and the also the media journalist quote unquote journalist who was just like really perpetuating all this stuff like she's a slut and Nancy Grace in it. Yeah, exactly. And oh my god, this investigator is infuriating to listen to. Cuz it's pretty much proven at this point that that she got out of it and she didn't do it. And he's still, like, convinced 100% that it was her on the most circumstantial, like, bizarre theory that he concocted in his head. Like, the way she was looking, I could tell that, and he comes up with this whole story that seems completely not, like, implausible. It, the only thing I really remember from this case was after she sort of got off and came home, I remember they wanted her back. Or yeah. some other, they were going to, sort of like what they did with OJ, where they didn't get him on murder, but they were going to get him on something. Right. Yeah, she'd be crazy to ever go anywhere near Europe. <laughs> but the movie, like I said, it's good, but it it's not great because it doesn't, all it really does is kind of hit the basics. And I kept waiting for it to go deeper into like, like the reaction when she got home and it really is only surface level which was good enough for me because I didn't know a lot about it but if you like followed the case at the time you probably are good to go even though Amanda Knox is interviewed they don't she doesn't like they don't really ask her good enough questions to really get her to say like why were you acting this way and all this stuff like it's very like I said, surface level. Not bad. I, I think it's definitely worth a watch, but I was a little disappointed because it could have been better. I I did have a little bit of a vibe that, like, there's that trailer that always ran for it. I felt like they took probably the best bits of the interviews for the trailer. Yeah, probably. That's totally on a vibe kind of thing, though. But I didn't watch the trailer, but I could I could see that being the case. It's her saying like that. If I am what they say, then I am like a, the monster that everyone's scared of. Like pretty and tell, I don't know. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. And another movie worth watching is Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Have you heard of this? Um, I think I have. It's the Adams, Andy Samberg, like, mockumentary, not mockumentary, like, uh, yeah, I guess musical mockumentary. It's like making fun of the Justin Bieber-type documentary where it just follows his his career for a stretch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I don't really know anything about it, but I've seen whatever. Yeah, or it's like uh, 
like a Justin Timberlake guy who is in this boy band and then goes solo. That's basically what it is. And it's like documenting, documenting his life. It's pure comedy. And it's pretty funny. I don't There's not a lot to say other than like it's pretty, pretty darn funny. I laughed a lot. It's not amazing, but like some of the songs that that he sings, it's like, girl, I'm going to fuck you like they fuck Bin Laden. <laughs> like, uh, and then he keeps like, like the United States government fucked Bin Laden. I don't know. It's pretty good. Very superficial, like superficial, short movie, worth a laugh. Again, if it's like an HBO movie. Uh, and, and the last movie I watched was Ghostbusters, the new one, which I'm sure we'll probably get into. So I'm not going to talk much about it other than it was better than I expected, but not as good as it could have been. Pretty much the consensus I've gotten for most of the reviews I've seen. Yeah. It's probably going to be exactly what you think, but it's it's not bad. But I mean, I didn't think it was bad. Um, yeah. Uh, what are the video game podcasts? The video game guys was sort of an open podcast. One or two of them are huge Ghostbuster fans, so they did like a as soon as they got it out of the movies review type thing. Mm-hmm. That's they're like from how bad we thought it was going to be from the trailers. It wasn't that bad. But it wasn't a good movie by any means either. Yeah. Watchable. Makes but not sense. horrendous. Sounds about right. Uh, lastly, I got a couple TV things. I watched. I've watched the first seven episodes of Luke Cage, the new Marvel okay. Netflix show, and it's pretty good. I'm liking it. Luke Cage is a great character. Mike Coulter is great at playing him. Um, it's Lock. got. <laughs> Master Chief's quote unquote nemesis that isn't a nemesis. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And uh I don't know, I'm I'm not loving it, but I'm I'm just enjoying it, slowly watching it. It's not one that I'm liking so much that I'm binging it. It's probably my least favorite of the Marvel Netflix shows, but that's not like I've liked them all a lot, so that's not really saying anything bad about it but uh yeah. but he's probably my favorite character of the of the like daredevil jessica jones and luke cage so far he's my favorite character i just think it's a little slow like i've heard this complaint a lot of different places and it's true like they're really kind of putting themselves in a hole by forcing every season to be 13 episodes because if this thing was like eight I don't know, but anywhere between six and ten episodes, I think it would be a lot better. Feels like it's a little bit padded with some not essential stuff, but it the villain also, yeah, the Netflix Marvel Netflix stuff usually has a great villain that's been like their calling card and the villains here aren't terrible, but they're definitely not up to par with Kingpin and uh yeah. Pur- Purple Man, Punisher, Electra, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, um he was in something called Halo Nightfall, which is like a live action thing that would have been really good if it was like a half hour or 45 minute thing, but they made it like a six episode weekly episodic thing that ended up 
really killing itself. Yeah. But he was like, him and one other guy were just totally the redeeming, if there was a redeeming factor about it. But um, interesting little thing. I just read this last week, actually. He plays the guy in, in basically in video games now that use actors rather than just like randomly generating faces. Yeah. They let him off his contract for Halo to do Luke Cage. So I never knew it, but in the game, it's not even his voice. <laughs> he, he's like literally acting in a suit. Oh, wow. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think he'll still be in the series in some shape, but not his voice. I I, I totally didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, yeah, I'm. Cont- I'll finish the season out, but I'm wish it was a little bit better. So, and I'm watching Big Brother over the top, which finally got started, and it's good. It's more fan interaction than regular Big Brother since it's online only. And the weirdest part is that since it's not on CBS and it's online only, on the and it's one episode a week instead of three now. It's like one hour and a half long episode per week without commercials. And, and there's no censorship because it's not on network television. So That's cool. Where it used to be like they would bleep out stuff and all that where they actually have the F word, the S word. Yeah, man. It's very, very cool. (laughs) It's like R rated big brother. No. Darken it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, not a lot to say, but it's been good. It's cool. All right. Let's move on to little tidbits of news here. We got some more Disney live action remakes in the works. Man. Fresh off, we called this not too long ago, a few episodes ago. Fresh off his success with the Jungle Book, it has been announced that John Favreau will be in, will be directing the live action remake of The Lion King. God, are you? That is, that is a good call. <laughs> we definitely called that on the Jungle Book episode, I believe. I think we predicted it might take a little bit longer to get there than it actually is but maybe we got the green light for it yeah they listen these like, guys are saying lion king we should roll great with that. idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm i don't know i'm not hating it i think i like the jungle book and i'm down to watch another version of the lion king why not i'm a little iffy on it because don't get me wrong i respect the Disney movies, but Lion King is a masterpiece. Yeah, it really is. Like it's one of the the few Disney movies that actually has a little weight to it. It's sort of um, that's sort of like that guy Miyazaki says he has great respect for Disney, but they they have no depth in anything. Very childish and purposely so. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, whatever. If it's good, it's good. Cool. We're going to be a little more... Skeptical. The Jungle Book is kind of like, people like the movie and all, but... I think I saw like Lion King like four times in movie theaters, I think. Oh, yeah. I had the soundtrack. <laughs> I think I played, that, played it on loop. Ha! <laughs> 
coming. No, no, no. You know, the classic. Oh, you nailed it. Elton John. Well, I, that's one thing. I don't know how they do that movie without the music. Well, I don't know. maybe they will. They'll have to do like a symphony version or who knows. I'm sure they'll I figure it out. think the stars will still spell sex? <laughs> I hope so. Gotta keep the Easter eggs, man. Yeah, Disney and his perverted Easter eggs. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, the the second one that I'm not looking forward to, at all, which is a shame. It's Guy Ritchie directing the Aladdin live action remake. Uh. Why Guy Ritchie? I would be so down for an Aladdin live action movie if it was a good director. Guy Ritchie has his moments in his own style, but it's not Aladdin. He should be more of like a British, like Tarantino type of guy, rather than this guy that tries to do these big blockbusters. I mean, we talked about the King Arthur trailer and how terrible it looked, and now he's getting Aladdin. Ah, yeah. that's frustrating. That's frustrating to me. I, I love Aladdin. Man, now that you mention it, Aladdin's pretty close to Lion King for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll keep an open mind, but you know who would be good as Aladdin, though? But he might be a little too old. I don't know. The guy from The Night Of? I was, wow, I just predicted what you were about to say. Really? Yeah. And he's That in, would be cool. He's in I Ro- have also Rogue heard too. that they have so much recording from Robin Williams that if they ever wanted to, like, actually use him as, like, a genie in whatever else, they could make a whole nother movie yeah i i have a feeling the tone will not match with the guy ritchie version yeah uh and i think also there's a thing and robin william like those things can't be released for like 20 years oh really he had something and he didn't want people to profit off when he died i don't think this was like i think something he decided a while ago yeah um fantastic beasts and where to find them is you was going to be a trilogy. Oh no no no! It's going to be a five movie series now. I it's going to suck now. <laughs> and I swear, I saw like some of the release dates that they gobbled up, and I I think two movies are coming out within three months of each other, unless someone typed it wrong. So. Well- August something 2020 and then November something 2020. You're going to pull like a Clint Eastwood? Flags of her fathers? Yeah. But I'm actually kind of curious how this works because it's kind of what we thought they should have done with the Hunger Games, right? Like release them. If you're going to split it, then release them much closer together. Yeah, that's true. I think it could be an interesting experiment if that's what it is and not just a typo. But... Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised and I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah. I do want to check out the one that comes out first, I guess. But Yeah, I'll be open to it. Especially since I think I have it in the fall box office draft. Oh, well, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, wait for Blu-ray. <laughs> Redbox. 
All right, let's see. We got quite a few trailers that came out over the past couple of weeks. Let's have our first prejudgment day in quite some time. First of all, the newest one, I think, is Rogue One Star Wars Story, the final trailer before the movie comes out this December. What did you think? I, I think it took away my doubts that it would be a flop. Yep. Not that I really thought it would be, but people were skeptical. But I, I'm still not 100% on it. It looks cool. It looks amazing. I mean, the quality is definitely there cinematically. Yeah, and it's got uh, Dev Pat- or not Dev Patel. I, dang it, that's racist. I can't remember <laughs> his, his name anymore. The guy from uh, The Night Of is in it. Oh, yeah. I, I Was he in trailers prior? I don't remember seeing him before. <laughs> it, it must have just been like an interview I saw when he was doing something for the night of, and they were saying, you're in Star Wars, you're in this. You're... Yeah. And that was like when I realized he was British, which I think is the case for everybody. <laughs> yeah. British. Yeah, I thought this was the best trailer yet by far. I thought this was like a perfect trailer. No, I agree with you. I just, I don't know. I'm just, for lack of a better term, I'm just scared that they're going to whore it out. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that. I, it looks, I'll, I'll definitely go see it. Ben Men- Ben okay. Mendelsohn looks amazing. The guy, what was that? I'm just excited for Ben Mendelsohn, the guy in the white robe. Oh, yeah, white, yeah. All white. This is so different than what I'm used to seeing him in, and I think it's going to be so good. A little worried about, like, Vader. Yeah, I'm a Seems like bit. they put him in to be iconic. I wonder how he really actually fits in. Yeah, I, I'm kind of nervous, like, are we going to be just, like, waiting with bated breath for him to show up the whole time? Or I, I kind of wish... Either that he's not in it that much or that he's in it the whole time. But you never know. I mean, look what they did with Spider-Man. That's true. I don't think that was, like, completely planned from the very beginning of shooting that movie, so... Yeah, I think they had, like, two different directions they could go if that happened or not. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm... I'm, very, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm... It's Star Wars, I mean... One. Yeah. I'll give it a prejudgment of 9 out of 10. i give it like a 7.5. I'm prepared to be massively disappointed. <laughs> uh, we also had a Power Rangers trailer. Oh, yeah. Mighty Muffin Power Rangers. It was one yeah. of my favorites as a kid. I, I got to admit, I, I was on the Power Rangers. <laughs> My dad loved the Power Rangers, too. When they first came on, he was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I could watch it now. My dad used to love cartoons like when I was younger. I think he just got a kick out of like me liking things. Yeah, I can see. I definitely am that way a little bit. With, with I mean, they're still super young. but I still remember the, the toys were really like kind of rare. I yeah. guess that's just how toys were back then, like when something was hot. And I remember being in uh, Kmart in the the mech being in this box with all the different things. 
and that, that was like the toy of the year and he just like grabbed it up bought it right then and there just so I could open it up and he could like check it out yeah. I remember it, I'm pretty sure it was pretty expensive but it was well, awesome day. I remember my Power Rangers memory is I obviously love the show and one Christmas the my mom, my favorite gift my mom got me this year was like, it was this box, it's this blank box. I'm opening it, and inside it's every single Power Rangers toy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was like the five Rangers, and then like the the guy that's their <laughs> who they talk to. They're like the robot looking guy, and then a couple of the villains. And I yeah, was yeah. like. I think they combined to form like they were almost like transformers, and that they combined. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing I had. It was they're all like like there's a saber tooth, there's yeah. a pterodactyl. Everyone lost a pterodactyl because it's like just a breastplate. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah that was that awesome. was awesome. I'm, I'm sure if you could have, you would have jizzed your pants right then and there. <laughs> yeah, I think I was <laughs> not able to at the time, but uh, <laughs> and also. I really I don't know what I what happened to those toys because it's not like in the bag of toys that I have left from all like my Ninja Turtles and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they're hot commodities. I'm sure they got jacked. Yeah, <laughs> probably a home burglar, and all they took was those. If I remember correctly, they had a lot of moving parts on them because they, you know, transformed. I'm pretty sure they broke fairly. Yeah, easily. that's probably true. Yeah. They weren't the most well put together. A lot of people don't remember this, but a very underrated game. They had a Power Rangers fighting game that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think we talked touched on it a little bit. Oh, you want to talk about the turtles? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> so underrated and easily forgotten, but it kind of reminded me of the uh, remember the Spider Man game that was for Sega CD. Maybe the only decent game for the yes. entire system. Amazing, and it's yeah. so. Never talked about. Like it's I crazy how those systems always had a game. Yeah, like that. God, that game was really good. Like the uh, Alien vs Predator on Jaguar. What about? We should be saving this for our next. <laughs> yeah, true. Episode, but what about that game on Jaguar, the fighting game that Charlie, our cousin Charlie, had, where like there's a guy oh, in yeah. a. In a kilt, he would just his special move was like flashing the other character and blinding him for a second. Do you remember this at all? Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking. I can't think what it's called. I always want to say that it's Thrill Kill, but that's not the game. Yeah, Thrill Kill was like so violent it was yeah got the NC seventeen rating right. This was like it had a really weird name from what I can remember. It was like maybe. I don't know. I might have to look it up later. But, or, well, I always like kind of want to go like along the lines of like Ninja Gaiden, but it's not like obviously. It's yeah. Not. yeah. I remember there was the one level that was in Scotland, and Loch Ness monster would like pick up a ship or something like that in the background. It's yeah. a weird little memory I have. For yeah. Me. But it, it had blood like that actually stayed on the ground and stuff. Oh, freaking Alien vs Predator. That was an amazing game. It's unmatched. Yeah would love to have a game like that but anyway what did you think of the power rangers trailer yeah <laughs> that yeah, was all a, that build up that was sure. a tangent i mean don't get me wrong it doesn't look as bad as i thought it would but 
just think that the Power Rangers were like a thing in the 90s. Yeah, oh yeah. Something that belongs in that time. It was before Japanese culture really kind of broke through. Because they're uh, pretty much a direct ripoff. I forget what the Japanese version of the Power Rangers are, but... Yeah, I think this is in a no-win situation where either it's going to be incredibly cheesy or why are you taking yourself so seriously? Yeah, it's... If they're really true to the Power Rangers, it'll be super cheesy. But if they mess with it, they're messing with people's childhoods. Yeah, either way, I think people are going to have a problem with it. I don't know. There's kids that call themselves 90s kids that grew up in the 2000s, (laughs) ruining their 90s dreams. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look, the trailer did not look good, but I don't know. I'm still, they didn't show the outfits. I'm curious. I am. They did? Only in like a flash, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. At the end. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it makes sense. I, I I have to see it just out of nostalgia, but I'm I'm not like pumped about it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um. No, I'll give it a five out of ten. I yeah, five. All right, John Wick two. Did you see John Wick one? Did we review? No, that? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, that must have been me and Casey that reviewed it. I remember you saying. It. You enjoyed it, right? No. See, everyone... Oh, really? Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Says it's like, oh, man, the, one of the greatest pure action movies in so long. I did not like the movie. Oh, I, really? I thought it definitely had moments of really cool action. But overall, I think it was it's one of the most overrated movies of that year or whatever. Um, okay. And I like Keanu for the most part, but... Though I I've said this many times, but the thing that always stands out in my mind is he has this pet dog. He's single and he has this pet dog. <laughs> and he's like, there's this one scene where he's talking to his dog or he's out of food or something. It's like, come on, I'll get you some kibble later. And it's just I thought it was just laughably bad line that sticks out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. Cool gunplay. This trailer, did you see it? No, I think I specifically didn't watch it because I hadn't seen John yeah. Wick yet. I mean, hey, I don't just take my word for it. Like, it, check it out. And let me know what you think if you ever get around to it. But I mean, yeah, I actually, um, I was, I almost watched it the other night actually. So it'll probably be. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. Just I'm definitely in the minority. But then again, the trailer for the second one didn't really do anything for me either. So. Hmm. I'll say it'll be like a five and a half out of ten for me. Um, you watched Jackie, did you not? The yes. trailer for, starring Natalie Portman. This has a lot of buzz, awards buzz coming out. Uh, how did it look? It looks. I don't know what the movie is going to exactly be like because the trailer doesn't really set up. Like I think it's going to be clearly. I mean, it's clearly about. Jackie, what's her? They always say her full name, Onassis Kennedy. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like one of. The, she's definitely the first first lady to be like a sex symbol. First off, she was very pretty. Um, I'm pretty sure 
she had pictures published in Playboy. Now I'm listening. Um, I don't think she posed. I think yeah. it was like paparazzi type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like me, I like history a lot. Like I always find it amazing. Like she was one of those people that even though John F. Kennedy was super popular around the world, sort of like Obama was when he ran the first election. He would go to Germany and 100,000 people would come. Yeah. People came for her. Hmm. Like, uh, Kennedy said something like he was, like, on tour with her rather than the other way around. And she, from what I know about her, she was a really strong-willed person. She wouldn't leave his side when he got killed, all that spiel. It seems like it's going to be that timeline when he gets assassinated yeah i think it's like just her reaction to it and how she deals with it from what i understand um i'm not exactly sure what the movie's going to be about but natalie portman is perfect i wouldn't have thought of it just if you had to if you asked me but she does look somewhat similar and she is very pretty like just like her face like whatever she looked like her. Um, she's a great actress, so I mean, yeah, I th- think she'll deliver. I think it'll be more of a question of direction. But from what I saw of the trailer, it, it looks good. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. Cool. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. I just I'm scared it's going to be a typical biopic that you know is. I wouldn't say I don't think it's going to be a typical biopic, but I'm still I'm just not really sure what it. Obviously, it is some sort of biopic, but I'm not sure the angle they're going at. So, I want to give it a seven because I'm interested, but All right. I'm not sold. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to give a seven to the other trailer I watched, Sleepless, which is a American remake of a French thriller called Sleepless Night. All they did was, I guess it's during the day, so it's just Sleepless. No, I think it's at night as, as well, but it's Jamie Foxx who stars as a cop who's undercover, I believe. It was a mo- I saw the French movie and I liked it a lot. I think I gave it like an 8 or 8.5 out of 10. Um, and he's undercover and he goes to this club or it's somehow like his son gets kidnapped or something. Anyway, like the ho- whole movie, the French movie at least, I don't know how like tight this will be. Uh, mimicked but the whole thing was like the guy and his son are trapped in this club and he's trying to get his son back and it's all like vast majority takes all place in one location and it's kind of hectic action and it was really good so usually these american remakes don't work out as well but i don't know it didn't look terrible look like they could pull it off He's a pretty good actor, too. Yeah, I like Jamie Foxx as an actor. I don't really know his music or anything, but uh, Gold Digger, that's the only one I know, I think. And, yeah, look look decent. I'll give it a shot. Cool. And last thing, I guess, is the trailers for Iron... A couple of Netflix shows, Iron Fist, which is the next in the Marvel... Uh, I did see this. Netflix combination. Um... Looks looks good. I like Iron Fist the character, and it's being played by, um, God, I'm so tired. Freaking 
Loris, <laughs> Loris Tyrell, who's been playing Iron Fist, Danny Rand. And... I like him as an actor, I guess. Yeah. I, thought... I actually, I'm a, I like Loris for some reason in Game of Thrones. Maybe there's something like badass about him. Yeah, but... I love it. But uh, I don't know anything about the character. And I got to say, this is probably my least. Not that I've watched all the Marvel, Netflix, or anything like that, but it's the one I'm least interested in. Yeah, I think this is the guy that, like, I I love, I used to love his character in the comic books, but I don't, I think I have, I can, I'm excited for him to be in the Defenders when the team of all of them get together, or even if they did a Heroes for Hire when it was him and Luke Cage together, but I don't know if he can support the whole 13-episode TV show on his own. I don't know if there's enough there. But then again, they could also bring in Luke Cage or some of the other guys and kind of do that type of thing. So. I heard someone talking about this and I think they said this is going to be their more foray into like more light-hearted in a way. Like This is going to be their least heavy series. And I could see that. <laughs> it makes sense to me. No, no, no. I'm not necessarily down on that aspect of it, but it's just whatever. Yeah. The trailer, I don't know. His fist glows. That was kind of a cool effect, but, I mean, that's his power. He's just a martial arts guy with the strong punch, basically, so. I didn't like how the tattoo type thing looked, but from what I imagine is it's just got to be super. Yeah, hopefully that's just not finished, you know, like. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. I like the idea of that. I like the tattoo, but, yeah, it didn't, didn't look great in that one shot. But Yeah, yeah, And um, the other trailer was Black Mirror, which was a BBC show that had two seasons, uh, only six episodes, and a Christmas special. Watched all of those. They're amazing. They're all on Netflix. Definitely worth checking out. They're like standalone horror type. Um, technology-based things that are really creative and well done. And they're coming out now strictly to Netflix with two more seasons or 12 more episodes broken up into six-episode releases. And this was a trailer for the first batch of six and looks just as interesting as it has been the whole time. So I'm definitely going to check out these episodes once they're released. Yeah, if you, there's a few episodes that uh, I'll have to send you on uh, a message of which ones they are to check out on uh, on Netflix. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Redbox Report. Thank you for listening. On the next episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. A little video game action coming on with reviews of Hardcore Henry and Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. And looking forward to that. But for now, you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at redboxreporter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And as always... We'll Thanks for coming in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you later. Hip, hip. Hip, hip.